So welcome to Conversations with John and Lisa Bevere. Great to be here with you, babe. Yeah, so it's part of the Conversations is actually part of a messenger network. We have Let's Talk About with Sons and Daughters. Right. We have the Godmother with me, and we love actually having a podcast family. You know, John, we're at travel and speak and we get to meet people. They're like, hey, hey, I, I watch you on your podcast. I'm always like, oh. That's amazing. Did we behave well? Because when we started videotaping these, we had to act better. And this is going to be a, a conversation okay. about about kind of people not acting well. But before we dive into that, I want to ask you, listen, this is a big help to us. When you subscribe, you rate, and you review our podcast, it actually helps us get it out there further. And if you write a review, you might get read on air. This is from Father's Daughter, 1990. Wow. She said, I look forward to getting notified. See, if you subscribe, you get notified. Notified of your new podcast each time. My husband and I just recently transitioned from planting a church in a small town to now starting a Christian business that is daunting and exciting all at the same time. Transitioning out of ministry has been strange, but your podcast has encouraged me to dream with God for this next season and what he is calling us to do. Your teaching on multiplication, hey JB, and lifestyle of ministry, no matter what vocation, has made me look forward to how God may impact our world in this next season of our lives. I am so grateful for your influence. I love that. And you know, John, we're going to be talking about something today that I know is near and dear to your heart. Obedience. Wow. um, Specifically long-term obedience. Long-term, not short-term. I'm going to tell you why um, I'm so excited about this is because I know how it's going to really benefit people. It won't enslave people. It frees people. Yeah. But obedience isn't a popular concept anymore, JB. But let's, let's just, let's just open up with the first scripture the Holy Spirit just put in my heart. It's not in our notes. Be not weary in well doing. Okay. Now, Let's stop right there. What is well-doing? It's not sacrifices. It's not just being kind. If you remember, when Cain brought his sacrifice to God and it wasn't accepted, Mm -hmm. God said, if you do well, you'll be accepted. Mm. What was well? Well, Abel brought an obedient sacrifice. See, his mom and dad tried to cover themselves with fig leaves in the garden. That was ignorance. God came in, said, no, 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 your own labor will not redeem you. Mm. It is, he killed an animal and clothed the skin, clothed them with the skin of the animal. In other words, going to take the sacrifice of my son. Right. So Adam and Eve are ignorant. Cain and Abel weren't. So when Cain brings his really hard work. His offering of the earth. Farming is harder than is. shepherding. God not only rejected his offering, he rejected him. That, that blows me away. But then God said to him, hey, if you do well, you'll be accepted like Abel was. So to do well with God is simply obedience. This is what Samuel said to Saul. He said, I want obedience, not sacrifice. So let's quote it this way then, not changing it. Be not weary in obedience, for in due season you will harvest a reward if you don't faint. Okay, but now you're emphasizing that in due season makes me sound like it's the reward of obedience isn't always a right away. It's not. So it's that's long, what you're talking about. That's why we're talking okay. about long-term okay. obedience. Right. And so <clears throat> when you think about long-term obedience, our very first example given to us is Jesus. Hmm. 
Okay, if you look at the Apostle Paul, he talks about Philippians chapter 2, which is absolutely amazing to me. Paul said, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, but be humble thinking of others better than yourselves. And then he says, you must have the same attitude that was in Jesus. Okay. So Jesus thought of us better than himself, that's right. why he did what he did, right? Though he was God, I love this, he did not think equality with God was something to cling to. But he gave up, instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a servant and was born a human being. Now, first of all, let's stop and think. We can't even imagine what he gave up. People, you know, I, I have been reading this very interesting book right now of this pastor who inter has interviewed over a thousand people that have near-death experiences. If there's one thing that's consistent with every single one of those it's they said it is so far beyond what I ever could have imagined, and I have no words to describe on this earth how magnificent. And they it don't is. want to come back. Normally. And they don't. Right. And all of them are like, I don't want to come back. I don't want to come back. Well, that that lines up with scripture. Paul said, "For me to depart is far better." Right. So, um, <clears throat> I look at this and I think we don't really have a concept of what Jesus gave up to come and be despised, rejected, have his beard plucked out, have his face punched. Be, have thorns thrust into his right. skull, whipped on his back, crucified, yeah. a criminal's death. Rejected okay? by his own. Right. Yeah. So he took the humble position of a servant, was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience. So true. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So are you saying there's a, re there's a relationship between humility and obedience? Yes, there is. Wow. So true humility is our absolute, complete, utter dependence on God. That means we want to obey him more than we want to do what we want to do. So Jesus chose that. And, 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 and when you think about it, I want you to think about it. He's in the garden and, and people don't realize this. He's fighting for three hours in prayer. And you know what is, he's fighting? God, if there's any other way to fulfill the salvation of humanity other than what I'm about to go through, please let this pass. And the Bible says that he sweat great drops of blood. It says in Luke's gospel. Then the writer of Hebrews says, you haven't strived against the temptation to do your own thing to the point of bloodshed. In other words, he's talking about the great drops of blood Jesus sweated in the garden fighting with the temptation of self-benefit and self-preservation. But he humbled himself in obedience to God, and he died on the criminal's death on the cross. And then he said, therefore, because of this. So here comes the due season. So you, got you, the, you just did, again, the humbled and obedience. Okay. Right. Humbled, right okay. Therefore, God has highly exalted him to the place of highest honor and given him a name above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, Paul then switches and says, Dear friends, you as you have always obeyed in my presence, even much more now obey in my absence. Now, let's stop right there. This is Paul writing to the Corinthians, but it's actually God speaking to you and me. So what God is saying right there Isn't is... Isn't he speaking to the Philippians? Uh, yeah, yep. he's speaking he's, to the Philippians, but this is actually God speaking to you and me mm -hmm. because the scripture has no private interpretation. Okay. So God is saying, it's easy to obey me when you sense my presence. Everything's going great. You're at the conference. You know, you just saw your prayers answered and manifested yesterday. It's easy to obey me. But he said much more in my absence. What does absence mean? Well, when Jesus is in that garden, let me tell you, he's not feeling an abundance of joy, or I shouldn't say joy. He's not feeling an abundance of great feelings and and just like having a an easy day. 
he is literally... He, he's feeling the conflict. He, he's yeah. feeling the conflict. Mm-hmm. And yet he obeyed when he didn't have all that benefit of God's presence at that moment. Does that make sense? I, yes, yeah. he had the presence of God with him. Don't get me wrong, but let me tell you. God said he'll never leave us or forsake us, but there's times that we go through things where we're like, you know, what's the use? I mean, when your kid's throwing up in the middle of the night and you got a big meeting at eight, or when your husband just left you a note and said, I'm leaving you with all your children. I mean, on and on and on and on. Are you going to obey God in those situations? And this is what Jesus was set as our example. And Paul said, even as you obeyed in my presence, much more now obey in my absence. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So in other words, Jesus obeyed because of his what he delighted in the fear of the Lord. And Paul is saying that the fear of the Lord gives us the ability to obey on a long-term basis. Now I want to bring you back to when I was in high school, and we wait, can talk wait, about this. What's the very next verse, though? It says, work out your salvation. With fear and trembling, do all things without complaining. Yes, which was my favorite thing to say to, to my children. children. I mean, they manifest almost if I start singing, do everything without complaining. Yes. Do everything without arguing that you might become blameless and pure children of God. So wait, before you before you go there... Can you talk about if you are being obedient, but you're complaining? And if you're being obedient, but you're arguing, what does that look like? So I remember I was in a position like that one time and the Holy Spirit said to me, I said, God, you know, why aren't I receiving from you? Why, why, why it just seemed like heavens are blocked off. I'm not getting blessed. And he said, it's because of your attitude. Wow. And I said, what? I do everything you, I'm, I'm told to do. I am so obedient. He said, I didn't say if you're willing excuse me, he said, I didn't say if you're obedient, you'd eat the good of the land. He said, I said, if you're willing and obedient. He said, you are obedient, John. He said, but your attitude stinks. Willingness deals with our attitude. So God not only expects us to obey, but to, but to obey with joy, to obey with pleasure. If you look at what God said to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 46 and 47, I believe it is, it's right in that neighborhood. He said, because you didn't serve me with joy and gladness of heart, Therefore, you're going to serve your enemies. Because wow. why? The joy of the Lord is our strength. So, so, wait, so attitude matters. Attitude I, I, totally I don't think you realize matters. you're saying a bunch of stuff here and you're, yeah, just, you're flying help through me, it. You're help flying me, help through me, help it. Me. So, all right. So what you're saying is willing and obedient. Now, you will know where this is. I yes. just know that this, this parable, Jesus talks about two sons. And the father tells the sons to go out and do something. And the one son says, okay, and then doesn't do it. Then the other one says, this isn't fair. This isn't right. And then no, goes and, and then does ends it. Up doing yes. It. And my mom used to always say to me, of course, I didn't know anything about scripture. She would say, you're like the one that argues. And then you end up doing it. He said, your brother, she said, your brother, on the other hand, always says, okay, and then doesn't do it. So do you know what's amazing? Neither of those get rewards, right? I was working as an engineer and we were engaged and I went out to the car to pray one lunch and God said to me, Lisa will be a wife that she might, she what might in the world? say no, but she'll always end up doing what I say. And I was like, okay. So that's amazing. But, I don't, get that in, but I don't get any reward because I'm not willing. Oh, you always change your, you change your attitude, baby. <laughs> I right. see you change it. You're, you're wonderful. It's hard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, but, but what God is looking at the willingness. Yes. And the obedience. Yes. So we can do Attitude something. Attitude is so, wait, everything. So that means I can obey with an unwilling heart. 
Yes. And I can be willing. And if you obey with an unwilling and, heart, you won't eat the good of the land. I okay. Mean, if it just, right? Right. And that, or, or. If you're I, willing and you don't obey, you don't eat the good of the land. It so, takes both. So it's, it's a twofold thing. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Now, let me bring you back to when I'm in high school. All I right. played basketball and I was on the junior varsity basketball team. And I wouldn't even save Lise. But, you know, I'd walk into the locker room. And I guess back in those days, it's different than nowadays. But there was a big poster in the locker room. And it's this, this football player, this kid with hanging his head down. And he said, I quit. And underneath that picture on the same poster was a cross with Jesus on the cross. And it said, I didn't. Now, as an unbeliever, baby, that left an indelible impression on me. Wow. I used to look at that yeah. poster every day as an unbeliever. And yeah. I think... Oh my gosh, he never quit. Because what did Jesus do? He endured all this suffering, hardship yep. that's uneven imaginable to most of us. And what does he say on the cross? It is finished. In other words, he obeyed all the way until what it took to redeem you and me. That's how much he loved us. Yeah. So love has to drive our obedience. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then he said, it's so into your hands, I commit my spirit. So once we have been willing and obedient. You're saying there's a reward for long-term obedience. Yes. But sometimes doesn't it look like obedience in the short term means that you're actually, it looks like you're not getting any reward. Yeah. I mean, think about Esther. Mm -hmm. Esther took the chance of losing her head. She was going to go before the Persian queen, king. king. Yeah. He, yeah. He's her husband, but there's a difference between husband and king. When you walk into that throne room, he's no longer husband. He's king. And if he doesn't point that royal scepter at her, her head comes off. Nobody knows she's a Jew. Mm -hmm. All the Jews are going to be annihilated on one day. Right. And she looks at her cousin and says, tell, it's either cousin or uncle, Mordecai, and says, tell everyone to fast. I'm going for the king. If I die, I die. Right. So I love that kind of obedience. She had nothing to gain out of that, yeah. but everything to lose. Right. And I believe when you really come to understand the nature and character of God, and you understand that God would never ask us to do anything, anything, it would be to the detriment of our long-term future, okay? I mean, look at Jesus. Every knee bows. We all adore him, right? And it was an amazing harvest that Jesus received for his long-term right. obedience. Right. If I think because today we're in the instant culture, the quick culture, oh my gosh, I got to get my endorphins going by just looking through Instagram, scrolling through here for a few minutes. I got to get everything. You know, we are so wanting instant gratification today. We've lost sight of long-term obedience's benefit. I look at our marriage, Lisa. Has there been times that you and I wanted to quit and, and throw in the towel? Absolutely, on both ends. I right? just mostly wanted to punch you, but yeah, yes. I know. Yes. But, but we were tempted, yeah. right? But we didn't because we knew obedience to the covenant that we made with God, obedience to God's word would produce long-term benefits. We look today back at those times, which would yeah. seem like forever ago, and we think, oh my gosh, how could either of us have been so stupid to want out of this wonderful marriage relationship? Well, the truth is, I don't even remember what we fought about. I don't that. either, but yeah. what I'm saying yeah. at the time, mm -hmm. I remember you know, the, the thought, thoughts you fight and everything else, and but yet, what happened? Our fear of God is what kept us not, not our commitment to each other, it had to go even higher to the covenant we made with God. And this is what I see happen. I see a lot of people quitting marriage, right? And what they say is, hey, look, we just don't get along. It just looks hopeless and all of this. 
Well, did you forget about the covenant you made with God that you would take care of your spouse, whether in health or right, or whether Sickness good or, or bad, or yeah. I, I, all of it, well, right? Times are easy times, yeah. right? And, and so there is a massive benefit. You always get the rewards. We're experiencing the rewards right now of saying yes and obedience to God in times of hardship. Right. And that's what I want to encourage everybody to do today. Don't look for the instant reward. Look for the long range. So um, what does the scripture say? How, how did Jesus learn obedience? By what he suffered. Right. Right. So he learned obedience by what he suffered. And I can't even imagine, I mean, we think of about just Gethsemane and we think just the cross, but there were other moments where Jesus revealed the longing of his heart when he cries over Jerusalem. Yeah. And he said, how I long to gather, but you would not, he would not have me. So there's these moments where we have a broken heart or broken dreams or something looks like it's not going to end up the way we are hoping it and yet being obedient. We see Joseph declaring the faithfulness of God, interpreting other people's dreams when he's yet to see any dream in his life be fulfilled or the so faithfulness good. of God in his own life. So suffering, obedience in suffering and a learning obedience through suffering, that's just not something we preach about a lot. Yeah, and the Bible says in 1 Peter 4, as Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh to cease from sin. So just, you know, you look at Jesus, the Bible says he didn't bring obedience to the earth. He learned obedience by what he suffered. We learn obedience so by what, by what, what, what we suffer. What is sin? It's disobedience to God. Adam didn't jump in bed with a prostitute in the garden. He didn't rob a bank. He simply disobeyed God. If you look at King Saul, he simply disobeys God. He doesn't kill, destroy, annihilate every single Amalekite. He saves one king alive. And he sent out 210,000 soldiers. So this is a pretty big nation. So he does 99.99% of what he was told to do, but he doesn't go all the way to completion. Okay. He spares the king. And, and for those of you that want to know why would he spare the king, he wants a living trophy. Everybody that walks into his palace is going to think, oh, this king... He is tough. He is a conqueror because there's that living trophy, that, that, that king of the Amal Amalekites standing right there as a slave in his throne room. So would it be a stretch to say sin is always wrapped into the realm of self-will? I, I believe so, yeah. Lisa. Yeah. I do. And, and so when it's disobedience to God's will... And, and the truth is, what's disobedience for a baby Christian? You know, I mean, like sometimes there's like baby step things. And then as you become, as you walk further with Jesus, the things that maybe weren't a big deal then become a big deal as you go on, because as you know better, you do better. And so, um, yeah. So what if somebody is sitting and they're listening to us and they're thinking, wow, John, how do I start? How do I start on this pathway of long-term obedience, what would you say to them? First thing to do is just repent. Just say, and I, I've had to do this in my life. I've had to say, God, I've lost track of what you told me to do that I didn't do it, and I'm so sorry. What if they're so far off track? What, what, how do they feel like they can get back? What happens when they repent? I believe at that moment you're restored, and he buries your sins as far as... And they're put right back on the, the path they're supposed to be. And they're put back yeah. on the path. I believe that with all my heart. That's awesome. Um, you know, sin, God says, your sins have separated you from me. It doesn't say your sins have separated me from you. He said, your sins have separated you from me. We literally distance ourselves from fellowshipping with God. This is why James says, draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. We draw first, and how do we do it? 
by cleansing our, our hands of sin, by putting sin out away. And sin, yes, Jesus paid the price for sin, but he didn't do that so that we could abound in sin and, and boast in his grace. He did it so that we would have the ability to walk free from disobedience. He gave us a new nature so we didn't have to sin. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's so much preaching today that just says, oh, we're human. You guys, it's okay. Da, 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 da. No, don't you realize that you are dead to sin, but alive unto God. This is Romans chapter six. Paul said, you are dead to sin. It doesn't rule you any longer. It ruled you before you knew Jesus, yeah. but you have a nature in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ, and you don't have to disobey God anymore. You have, and that's what Philippians 2, for it says, for it is God who is working in you. This is what the fear of the Lord does. He works in you both to will, that deals with your attitude, and to do of his good pleasure. I love that. That's so powerful. Well, I actually hope that people really feel like they're like, wait a minute. It's actually possible. It's actually possible to live a life of long-term obedience. I want to thank you for tuning in. And please, please. As I asked earlier, please rate, review, subscribe. It really helps us get it out there. And John, they need to download that Messenger X app. There is so much on the Messenger X app. We don't even have time to tell you. And if you think, well, I don't speak English. Well, I don't know why they'd be listening to us, but let's say they were like, no, I speak English, but my friend doesn't. You can find almost 120 languages on the Messenger X app. We're adding them all the time. So download that app and uh, listen, we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God to cause you to walk in a posture of long term obedience. No matter where you've been in the past, we believe that God can set you on the track for long term obedience in the future. It's not how you start. It is how you finish. So until next time, this has been Conversations with John and Lisa Bevere. Thanks for listening to Conversations with John and Lisa. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. You can subscribe and share these episodes through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows in the Messenger Podcast Network, including The Godmother with Lisa Bevere and Let's Talk About It with Sons and Daughters. You can also connect with John and Lisa through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget, you can download the Messenger X app today in the App Store. Until next time.